Sure, the New Orleans Saints just handed the New England Patriots their biggest home shutout loss in the franchise's history. But with the Houston Texans on the way this weekend, it's not time to get comfortable. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow to follow along for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, uh, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can head over and become a Locked on Saints insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints today to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're beginning to turn the page from the New England Patriots to the Houston Texans. We're going to take a look at what's next for the New Orleans Saints on offense, how the Texans produce so well on the offensive side as we get to know those Houston Texans for a little bit. And to kick off today's show, I want to remind you and maybe, I don't know, anybody really, that it's not time to get comfortable if you're the New Orleans Saints. not time to relax. I know a 34-0 shutout victory against a history franchise like the New England Patriots and against one of the best coaches to ever play the game in Bill Belichick, though a lot of those question marks are starting to surface around who Bill Belichick is with or without Tom Brady. I get all of that. But still, the, the New Orleans Saints did some good things on Sunday against the New England Patriots, good enough that maybe it might feel like you can take your foot off the gas a little bit. Oh, all the problems have been solved. No. That's not the case for this New Orleans Saints team. And I can tell you for a fact that that's not the way that the New Orleans Saints are approaching this week either. Even even with a short week on the other side, right? The Saints will go up against the Houston Texans on Sunday. Then Thursday, they're back at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And even with that short turnaround, they're not starting to do a little bit of preparation for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are locked in and focused on, locked on, if you will, the Houston Texans. That is the opponent. That's up next, and that's who the New Orleans Saints know they need to keep the momentum going against. Getting a 34-0 victory could be enough for you to sit back, put your hands behind your head, and kind of, you know, enjoy the rest of your day lounging out at the beach, but that's not what these New Orleans Saints are going to be doing. These New Orleans Saints want to continue the momentum that they just got started against the Patriots and continue it on all the way to a hopeful playoff run for this franchise, which would be the first in three seasons, right? They missed the last two seasons. This would be the third season. Here's their opportunity to get there. So how can the New Orleans Saints keep the momentum rolling? Well, you got to be able to get another win here on the road for the second week in a row. Um, you, you know, won your first two games, lost your second two games. Can you win your third two games and hopefully extend a win streak beyond just those two games as well? That would go a very, very long way for the New Orleans Saints. The Saints last year didn't win 
more than two games in a row until the end of the season where they won three straight games trying to go 4-0 to wrap, to, to wrap up uh, the year. You don't want to be bouncing around going two wins, two losses, two wins, two losses, a win, a loss, things like that. You want to start to string together some victories. And you have the chance to do it here, right? You got the win against the New England Patriots. You've got the Houston Texans here who are a much better team than I think people will give them credit for, but still a beatable team. You've got the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night, not an easy matchup by any stretch of the imagination. You have a tough, you're probably your toughest quarterback matchup in that game. Then you've got the Chicago Bears where things can get tough back at home as well. Then you're you know, looking to uh, week eight against the, uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts who won't have Anthony Richardson during that time. So with all of that being the case, you're in pretty good position here before you get to your Atlanta Falcons matchup, your Minnesota Vikings matchup, some of these matchups with, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, NFC opponents and all that. Getting these AFC opponents in these wins will help you out just in terms of your, your win-loss record. You have an opportunity here to really stretch some success here. And I think that that's got to be the big thing. There's a lot of Saints fans that are understandably unimpressed with what the New Orleans Saints did on Sunday. Now, the shutout victory is something you have to give them credit for because the New England Patriots, as bad as they are, it's not like they're running around getting shut out every single week, but they did only score three points the week before that. So I understand the skepticism of, hey, great job on Sunday. Thanks for the win. What's next? And I think that that's the way that the New Orleans Saints are looking at it as well. Foster Moreau yesterday, uh, I aired a, a, a piece of his interview, his conversation with us, wherein he discussed you know, yeah, well, you know, you can't just say, okay, cool, pat yourselves on the back for what you did week five and then, you know, take off the rest of the season. It's not that simple. You have to continue to go and you want to play yourself into the postseason. The Saints can carry over that momentum, that success from last week into this week. And one of the reasons why I think specifically when it comes to the Houston Texans that you don't want to sleep on this team is because, well, they have a good defense, right? They have a solid defense led by a good defensive mind and Nemico Ryan's and they are building that Houston Texans team similarly to the way that D'Amico Ryans was a part of the way that things were built over in San Francisco. So you know that the, the roster construction can work. Bobby Slowick, the, um, the, the offensive coordinator that's there, was a guy that I liked for the New Orleans Saints should they have decided to go into the offensive coordinator search last season, which or last offseason, which they did not do. We'll see. So far, that has not worked out well for them, but maybe the offense is on the rise here. But Bobby Slowick is somebody that brings a lot of that Kyle Shanahan um, approach to, to play calling over on the offensive side. This is a team right now that is near the top of the NFL in passing, but near the bottom of the NFL in rushing. So you're a one-dimensional team, but that passing offense, if it gets going, can give you a lot of trouble. Now, thankfully for the Saints, that's the strength of their defense. But if that defense, if the Saints defense ends up being out on the field a ton, because the Houston Texans defense is forcing the New Orleans Saints offense off the uh, off the field, then that defense starts to wear down. Those passes start to become complete. You get some of the big plays, the splash plays, the deep plays, all those things that can end up being of detriment to your ability to carry along the success that you have just gotten started against the New England Patriots and want to continue through this Houston Texans matchup and beyond. So you don't want to sleep specifically on the Houston Texans, and you certainly can't rest your laurels on what you did individually and exclusively based upon what you did in Foxborough. Got to be able to tie more together. So who are the Houston Texans? What challenges do they present? And where could they potentially 
give the New Orleans Saints a lot of trouble. We're going to be breaking that down next as we get back to getting to know the opponent. We're going to get to know the Houston Texans here as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you the best fantasy football advice every single week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for your daily drafts or maybe you're scouting the waiver wire for next week, maybe you're looking at the free agency pool, whatever it might be, we're going to be giving you the players that are a guaranteed fit for your roster. So let's see who Vinny Iyer has picked as this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford has been passing a ton all season for the Rams, but just scored his first multi-touchdown game of the season only in week five against the Eagles. With Cooper Cup back, you've also got Puka Nakua, and then of course Tutu Atwell, all healthy and together. It's clear that those are his top three wide receivers. So he's going to go to work at a bigger game at home against the Arizona Cardinals pass defense, which is porous to say the least. Sean McVay has his veteran quarterback rolling and ready to go, and Stafford won't disappoint in week six. With his young receivers balling out, ready to help Cooper Cup, Stafford is quickly going to become a rejuvenated fantasy football asset in 2023 and should have more big games ahead. Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy football championship. And eBay knows that winning a championship is all about players being the perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts and accessories for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride is running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it will be guaranteed to fit the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Let's get to know the Houston Texans and where they could potentially cause some trouble for the New Orleans Saints, but also where the New Orleans Saints do match up well. Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget tomorrow we've got crossover Thursday. Myself and John Hickman of Locked on Texans breaking down this matchup for you. Friday is NFL kickoff. You want news around the entire league. As well, that's at 2 p.m. here on Locked On Saints, Locked On NFL, or any Locked On NFL show. All right, let's take a look at the new, or excuse me, the Houston Texans offense is where I want to start here because the Houston Texans offense can produce, particularly through the air. They've been really, really good there, despite the stigma that might come with a rookie quarterback. We had C.J. Stroud as our QB one on the board for this year's draft class. He's certainly looking like it so far with Bryce Young struggling. Anthony Richardson has done some impressive things. Unfortunately, he's now an injured reserve, which, by the way, means that he will not be available for the Saints-Colts game. So the Saints will be taking on, very likely, Gardner Minshew, the backup quarterback, when they travel to Indianapolis. So just something to watch there. You're also going to be watching for Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. When is he going to come off of injured reserve? He's set to come off at the earliest point against the New Orleans Saints, but will that be the case? We'll get to those later on down the road. But C.J. Stroud's performance has been really, really impressive amongst all of the rookie quarterbacks out there. So I want to start off with looking at that Texans offense, particularly the passing offense. So right now, the Texans score 23 points per game. That's 12th 
in the NFL. The New Orleans Saints right now allowing just 15.2 points per game, which is fourth best in the NFL so far in terms of their defense. So this is a, a Texans offense that scores a little bit, right? 23 points per game, just barely above the average there. Not, you know, nothing groundbreaking or anything like that, but still a, a good spot to be if you're, you know, the Houston Texans with a rookie quarterback. But what they've done particularly well um, are two things, throwing the ball and managing third down. So they average just over 278, excuse me, 274 uh, passing yards per game. That's good for third in the NFL. Eight touchdowns, zero interceptions thrown so far by C.J. Stroud. So can the New Orleans Saints hand C.J. Stroud his first interception of his young career? He's also already been sacked 11 times. If you're the New Orleans Saints, you'd probably take 11 sacks on the season uh, if you're the New Orleans Saints offense. But you know that C.J. Stroud is somebody that can get loose, that can you know extend plays, that can pick up yards on the ground, all of those other things. The other thing that they've done really well is that they've managed third downs extremely well. 45.5% third down uh, conversion rate, seventh best in the NFL. So they're top 10 in that category. So you're going to want to watch, you know, the New Orleans Saints just held the New England Patriots to one of 14 on third down conversions. Don't expect a replay of that going into this game against the Houston Texans. The Texans, though, do struggle quite a bit in the red zone, 35.3%, 29th in the NFL, one of the worst passing, or excuse me, one of the worst red zone uh, conversion rates in the NFL. And they also don't turn the ball over very much, only two turnovers on the season. Again, none of those uh, being being interceptions. So that's where the Houston Texans can maybe cause some problems for the New Orleans Saints. If that passing game keeps rolling, and if they find success against this New Orleans Saints defense, which has been particularly strong against the pass, of course, uh, they will be in a situation to where they can extend plays. And because they don't turn the ball over, not a lot of extra possessions for the New Orleans Saints like we saw last week against the New England Patriots. The, the, the tricky part for Houston, though, is that they get one dimensional really, really fast. They're one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL. So they're very limited in terms of what they can be, averaging just 3.0 yards per carry. That's 30th in the NFL. And they only have one rushing touchdown so far on the season, 29th, excuse me, 27th in total rushing yards per game. So when you look at the Saints offense, just going back to um, you know, the, the the comparison of passing offense versus passing defense, rushing offense versus rushing defense, the Houston Texans third in the NFL as a passing offense, the New Orleans Saints fourth in the NFL as a passing defense. So this is very much strength on strength here when it comes to that. So you have to win that battle. If you can win the battle of what's strongest, then all of a sudden, you know, you're you've got a pretty clear path to winning this game. Uh, on the other hand, though, Houston, like we mentioned, 27th in the NFL in the run game. The New Orleans Saints eighth in the NFL, 80, uh, allowing just 90 yards per game on the ground. So they've been fantastic against the run yet again this season, which was a big thing going into this year. Can they get back to establishing their usual production against the run game? So far, so good for the New Orleans Saints. Now flipping the page over to the New Orleans Saints offense versus the Houston Texans defense, focusing on the Houston Texans defense here. They're allowing just 20 points per game. So just outside of the top 10 there. So the defense is performing well. Uh, they are surrendering third downs at a high rate, 47.1%. That's good news for New Orleans as they want to extend uh, those drives. They have forced seven turnovers. So they have a five uh, turnover differential right now or a plus five turnover differential in their favor. Uh, and they're allowing red zone uh, touchdowns to be scored on red zone possessions 58.8% of the time. It's 21st in the NFL, so not super great there for them. So 
for the Saints, if they can get to those third downs in manageable, they should be okay. If they can get into the red zone, they should be able to score. And they showed that last week. They were effectively three of three, officially three of four, one of them being the, you know, a, a kneel down drive and all that other stuff, but effectively three of three in the red zone when they were trying to score last year. So carried last week. So carrying that success over to Houston and NRG Stadium would be massive for sure. Um, against the pass, they rank 18th. So they're about middle of the pack. Against the run, they are about 18th. So they're also about middle of the pack there. The Saints um, have not been impressive on the offensive side, remember. So in the passing game, just 24th. Uh, in the run game, just 20th. So uh, they're averaging under 200 passing yards per game so far this season. So you definitely want to see those numbers begin to tick up, but this is not going to be an easy defensive challenge to get that done. The Saints, by the way, have turned the ball over six times. The Houston Texans have forced seven turnovers. The New Orleans Saints, or the Houston Texans offense have uh, turned the ball over only twice so far. Meanwhile, the Saints defense has forced nine turnovers on the season. So winning that turnover battle and turnover differential would be huge in this game or will be uh, huge in this game as well. So when you're just looking at sort of the, the, the run offense, the run defense, the pass offense, the pass defense, you can see that this is a lot of strength on strength and it's going to come down to situ- winning the situational parts of the football game, winning on third down, winning in the red zone, and then of course forcing the turnovers are all going to be huge in this matchup. But CJ Stroud, and his weapons, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. And, you know, we'll keep an eye out on the injury report and all that. But they have some good weapons in that passing game. They've got a really talented running back in Damian Pierce, who's a great pass protector. So CJ Stroud should have time. So putting pressure on CJ Stroud's going to be a little bit challenging with that additional layer of pass protection and his ability to be able to escape, get loose, extend plays, all of that. You look at that Houston Texans defense, there's enough there to get pressure on the New Orleans Saints. Will Anderson, obviously, is going to be a big player to watch throughout this one and how he ends up impacting the game for New Orleans as well. Uh, When we look at the Houston Texans defense in terms of sacks, sorry, I forgot to look at that, um, seven sacks on the season, so not a lot. So they haven't been getting to the quarterback very much. So while you're watching for Will Anderson, that's probably the one guy that you're watching for. So if Derek Carr gets the time that he needs to be able to, you know, dish out the passes, dole out things, and maybe spread the football around. That's going to be uh, a big time benefit for this New Orleans Saints team as they try to string together a second two-game win streak here for the season and hopefully expand beyond that. So speaking of uh, doling the ball around, spreading the ball around, hitting more targets, things like that, that's kind of exactly where I want to go with what's next for the New Orleans Saints defense. There's two major improvements we still want to see this team make. And then there's some consistency that you want to carry over from last week into this week. Let's take a look at that as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had sort of this feeling that your brain is kind of getting in its own way, whether it's things like intrusive thoughts, a lot of negative self-talk, things like that? Well, those are things that I know I have dealt with quite a bit. Uh, And so when I think about, especially the negative self-talk part, so when I think about the things that have helped me with that, get better in that, have a little bit more confidence in myself, therapy was a big part of it. And I did it through BetterHelp. BetterHelp Therapy Online is 
awesome. Um, and it's massively convenient, right? I mean, it's, it's more affordable than traditional therapy. Plus you don't have to do the, you know, sitting in traffic and trying to get an appointment and trying to do things in person. You can do everything from the comfort of your own home on your laptop, whether it's a, a video conference, a, a text chat, or it's just a phone call. Like they give you so many different options, which is awesome. Um, it's designed to be convenient and, and, and suited to your schedule. So if you've been waiting to try out therapy, now is absolutely a great time to do it. And I'm, I'm going to try to help you out with all that because it's time to make your brain your friend. And you can do that by visiting BetterHelp today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on. You're going to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with two things we want to see the New Orleans Saints improve on offense as they continue to grow and also some of the things that you want to carry over consistency-wise from last week's win against the New England Patriots. Thanks as always to you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. So let's start off with, with the two things that I'd like to see the New Orleans Saints get a little bit, you know, to take that next step, right? To, to take their next step on their offense. The, the first of which is, is getting the tight ends a little bit more involved. They're really a lot more involved in, in the passing game. They could be aided by that this week, specifically just with availability question marks. But I'll explain here in a sec why I think that this is very possible this week. The other thing is just a, a greater use and a more consistent use of, of play action. And, and again, there are some things this week that might inherently help to make that the case. So, so let's explore those two things. Let's, let's start off with the tight ends here. Getting the tight ends more involved in the passing game. Pete Carmichael, the New Orleans Saints offensive coordinator, was on WWL um, radio uh, on, uh, what day is it? It's Wednesday as I'm recording this, so Tuesday. Uh, and he talked a lot about getting the tight ends involved in the passing game. He kind of mentioned it. Alvin Kamara has mentioned it. We've talked about it here on the show for like weeks and everything. So, you know, it's something we've been kind of waiting to see. Well, they could inherently get a little bit of help with this if Juwan Johnson is back. This week, Juwan Johnson missed last week's game. He was out and was, uh, and, and as far as I understand it, was supposed to be a big part of the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so that was one of the things that made that offensive approach impacted so much is that when he was out of that game, then all of a sudden, everything that they had planned in terms of him being the biggest part of their attack was gone, right? They, they had to kind of wipe the playbook if that's the case, right? If that's true, that means that they really got limited based upon what they had planned for all week. Uh, and so now this week, going up against Houston, you're hoping that you get Juwan Johnson back. You'd love to have Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, and Jimmy Graham all available, as well as Taysom Hill, who can you know continue to, to rotate into those and contribute there as well at that position. But that's definitely a big place that you want to see this New Orleans Saints team continue to um, expand a little bit. The Saints have, have hit seven or fewer players in terms of, of completions um, in every game this season, except for last week when they connected with eight, and, and that was the game that they won. And so you want to see the Saints continue to spread the ball around and having multiple options at tight end and having tight ends cons uh, considerably built into your game plan will help you spread the ball around a little bit. You know, you've got three to four wide receivers that you're going to target. You know, you've got your big three and then Keith Kirkwood, uh, you know, has been getting a, 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 he got a few more targets this past week, which is good because we've seen so often that when Keith Kirkwood's been on the field, it's usually either a run or a short pass or a screen to a running back. So that has been a humongous giveaway for this New Orleans Saints offense. So good to see them finally incorporating him a little bit more into their offense, which I think would be, which is beneficial for them in the first place. But then you've got at least two running backs that you're going to be able to target, Alvin Kamara, as well as um, Kendra Miller. And then you've got guys like Juwan Johnson, Foss Monroe, and Jimmy Graham 
nine players who you know conceivably or, or consistently that you can go to in the passing game, add in Taysom Hill, you've got a 10th player there as well. And we used to see the Saints offense do this all the time, right? Hit nine, 10, 11 different players with passes, even if some of them only had one catch, that holds the defense quite a bit because they know that they have to account for every hat on the field. So I think that would be big. And maybe we see a little A.T. Perry at some point here soon, too. Certainly would love to see what he can bring to this game uh, as well, even in a limited uh, fashion, right? Like he's not going to be a core special teamer. That's one of the things that's kind of kept him off the field in the first place. But then the other piece of it is that, like, how often will your fifth wide receiver really get targets in a game? But if you're spreading the ball around, then maybe there's some opportunities there for him, especially against a team like the Houston Texans that are a little soft in the red zone, that are a little soft situationally on the defensive side. Maybe a big body could help you out with that. We'll see though. Uh, So, but the main thing is getting those tight ends involved. And I think inherently getting the tight ends involved increases their ability to be able to produce in the middle of the field as well, which is something that we've been harping on here for a while. We saw them take some good steps forward with that last week, thanks to Michael Thomas, thanks to Derek Carr. uh, But really want to see them continue to bolster that and, and, and attack the seams and all that all those things would come with with those tight ends. Um, the other piece that I'm really looking forward to seeing more of is 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 play action. We've rarely seen any play action for for this offense. Even last week, they only ran uh, five play action plays that included one scramble. Uh, he threw, um, Derek Carr did four passes off of play action, completed three of them for 35 yards, but one of those plays was 33 yards, the, the, the play action pass to Kendra Miller on, on his big catch and run. We also see uh, seven uh, play action passes in week four, three, uh, six, and four going back to uh, week one. But certainly the most productive day in terms of yardage for New Orleans was that game against the New England Patriots when it came to play action. Five yards, 11 yards, four yards, 10 yards total, um, all, all from weeks one through four, respectively. And then in week four, they had three passes complete on five attempts on seven play action snaps. Um, for 10 yards, but then also had two penalties on play action plays that rocked them back 25 yards. So minus 15 net in terms of their play action passes just two weeks ago. So certainly want to see them continue on the, the, the trajectory that they're on right now, which is that slight uptick of three passes complete for 35 yards, one of which being 33 all by itself. So you definitely want to see that continue uh, to take its steps forward. I think that the other thing is the variety of motion. Like I mentioned, we didn't see a ton of difference in terms of the actual raw numbers or, or, or rather the percentage of snaps on which the Saints ran motion last week, but the utilization of it, the effect of it, the impact of it was all still very much there. Definitely want to see the, the, the penalties come down. Maybe that's a third thing that's kind of new that we want to see. Uh, four false start penalties last week, all four of them happening from different players at different areas, offensive line, tight end, wide receivers, uh, all committing those false start penalties. Every single one of those false start penalties was also accompanied by motion. So there's something about getting used to that, that maybe cause a little bit of a headache for that New Orleans Saints offense and for the player personnel. So definitely want to see those things get cleaned up as well. But outside of all of that, um, what we look at is a New Orleans Saints offense that is, or New Orleans Saints team that's in position to win a second game in a row, uh, but is looking to carry over some of the success from last week. And I think one of the things, and maybe the main thing that, or or the two main things that you really want to see them carry over from last week are a productive run game. The Houston Texans right now surrendering over a hundred yards per game on the ground. 
Uh, so you definitely want to be able to continue to run the ball here. Alvin Kamara, Kendra Miller, whomever else, if they end up elevating like a, a Jordan Mims, remember um, Jamal Williams isn't ready to come back until isn't eligible to come back for another week here. Uh, but you, you've got the three of those guys or, or, or really heavily those two guys and then Taysom Hill, who you can factor into the run game as well. You want to see that continue. And then you want to see the the protection up front continue. And this is this kind of ties back to the tight ends too. If the um, Houston Texans are a team that's not getting very much pressure on opposing offenses, then that means that the protection maybe doesn't need the additional help of the tight ends, right? The additional blocking, all of that, the chips, all these things. So that kind of frees them up to be a little bit more involved in the passing game. So as the offensive line gets better, the more free the tight ends become and the more available they become to be a part of the offensive attack. So something we want to see the consistency continue on has been the improvement of the offensive line and protection. And then because of that, it introduces another reason why we should start to see something we haven't seen yet, which is the incorporation of the tight ends in the offense. So I think if we see all of those things, <laughs> which is a long list of things to check the boxes off, but that's just the nature of the New Orleans Saints offense so far this season. But if we see all of those things, then the Saints should be able to get another win here on the road, although it won't come easily uh, with an offense across from them that absolutely has the ability to not only keep pace, but potentially set the pace, which is a big, big, big thing that you don't want to happen. That's what we're going to dive into a little bit more on Friday's episode of The Game Plan. Let Make them keep pace. Don't let them set the pace. We're also going to dive in a little bit more uh, tomorrow in our crossover Thursday with John Hickman of Locked on Texans breaking down this matchup. I appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And a big shout out to all you everydayers out there. We'll be live later on today here on Wednesday afternoon, probably around 6 p.m. Central Time to go over what we saw, learned, had go on in practice. So we got all of that coming up for you later on today. I appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.